Hello and welcome to the No BS Guide to Life with me, Bangs, in London. And me, Lamar, live from New York. What yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh God, if you guys only knew the behind if the you, scenes. If you knew, listen. If you knew the behind the, the scenes that just occurred. The yeah. run up to this conversation, we actually might start just like press and record the minute I call you on Skype. We might because Stringer and his block broccoli, the daddy long legs, Chance the Rapper just randomly playing through my, my <laughs> headphones. There's a lot um, going on. There's, it, a, lot there's a lot going on, but we're here. Ooh. But we're here. Oh, Yo. Right. Well, go on, fam. Not a whole bunch. Shall we just dive in? Let's do it. What do you Listen. call bullshit on? Oh, God. Straight to the jugular. <laughs> I'm getting straight in there. Let's do it. Bullshit. <sighs> I'm just, let me just take a second of meditation. If you're driving, right? If you're driving, if you're in a vehicle that moves on wheels primarily your feet not so much if you're on a vehicle on wheels in a car on a bicycle on a tricycle whatever the fuck you're on on one of them on one of them things that look like martin mcfly's hoverboard on wheels your attention really needs to be on that you know because it's not just you it's the people in front of you in other cars in the bike lane whatever the last thing the very last thing that shouldn't even be a thing on your list to do while you are in transit in an automobile is be on fucking Snapchat. I'm oh, calling bullshit. No, no, I'm no. calling bullshit on people who drive and Snapchat. I've had it up to here. And let me not wish no ill on your name, people, friends of mine that I know who do this, what the hell are you doing? That is the most, it's just, the irritation is one thing. The levels of fucking danger and stupidity outweigh all of it. We talk a lot about being on your phone, whatever, being guilty of that. We talked about last week, like, if you're on the phone and sending a text message or on a map, I did it this week. I took a step to the side when I was in the middle of the street, like, and then he walked into someone, he was like, move. And I was like, right, you know what, you're right, let me stop, let me do this. So walking is hard enough trying to balance social media and capture and be whatever in, ever mo- in whatever moment, sorry, and not be present. The fact that you're fucking driving and you're doing this is so stupid, it irates me. Is it really that important to, like, sing along to a song when you're driving? What, what, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? I can't with these What people. is wrong with you? Like, I... I it's bullshit so calm. Like, the word is not even appropriate. It's the dumbest shit I call on this for people to be doing this. Like, I'm over it. I'm over it. I don't want to open up another Snapchat feed and see one of my mates driving or on their bicycle fucking Snapchatting. It pisses me off, Bangs. It really does. <sighs> this is where my uh, words of wisdom the other week would come in very appropriately, which would Hello. be... Um, if you do not hear, you must feel. You- <laughs> <laughs> Let every West Indian grandmother just chime in right now. I feel like, and I don't want them to feel, but I want Una to feel. Like, you, like be serious. It's just stupid. I be mean, really. serious. Come on. Just- be serious. Like, it, I can't just- wait. it can't wait till you got to your destination. Like, please. It- it's really interesting. Like, it promotes, like, a larger conversation of, well maybe not even a larger conversation it's fucking dumb like don't get me wrong it promotes a larger conversation of like again being present and I talk about this a lot like off a tangent but there's this app called Beme from Casey Nasa and he's all like hold it to your chest I don't give a fuck if you're holding it to your chest or you're holding it out right don't do stupid shit on social media when you need to be paying attention it's not about it's like being present where it fucking matters the most right in situations of life and death. It's not that serious. It makes me think like how, and, 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 and thinking about, God, let me just dive into a bit of work now. We did like a whole talk on Snapchat of how we've come to memorialize moments, right? It's not about capturing it like as a photo and letting that stay stagnant and put that up on, 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 on Facebook or Instagram. We actually want to be in the whole process. So Snapchatting someone while, like Snapchatting your mates while you're singing a song, in a car. Oh, it's all about memorialization. I actually felt like I was there. Do you actually want to be in a car with me, blood? Because if you're in a car with me and you're Snapchatting, I'm slapping you. Yeah. Know that. 
stupidness, yeah. stupidness. I'm, I'm vexed. It's just I, a safety got... thing. And God forbid anything does happen to these people, but just, is that the way you want to go out, really? Like, Bruv. that's how you want to go out. You had a crash and killed yourself because you were on freaking Snapchat, for real. So I'd put that on you your gravestone. Be. I'd put a Snapchat QR code on your gravestone. Don't at me. Anyway, I call... Damn, I call... I'm just... Yeah, okay. That's yeah. valid. Completely valid, yes. Thank you. Thank you. And woo, sir. I'm good. I just had to get off my chest. What about you, fam? What do you call bullshit on? I call bullshit on uh, that Madonna tribute to Prince at the Billboard Awards. Oh, pray do tell me more. Oh, God. Just, there's so many levels of wrong, I don't even really know where to start with it. But just the fact that, really, just Madonna tributing to Prince is not enough for you to get the picture of, like, how wrong that was. <laughs> That's not enough? You need me to go in depth? Like I, I wouldn't go in, bruv. Go in. I mean, okay. Listen, I understand Madonna's relevance as a cultural icon. Fine. She's never really been my thing, but fine. However, can we just be real and say Madonna ain't never really been known for her vocals? Let's just be real. Don't at me. So can we not have Madonna up there singing Nothing Compares to You in... uh, Let me not... I'm not going to get started on the styling of her whole thing that she had going on. (laughs) when we're talking about the stylings of her voice, mm, negative, all wrong, <laughs> many shades of wrong, all of the wrong. Just listen, as a Prince fan, I yes. just, not like I knew the man personally, but I'm pretty sure as anybody in the game said, when she, this whole thing came out that she was going to be doing the tribute, everybody, people who knew Prince were like, uh, really uh, Sideways, Nick Young face. You mm. know, like why on earth of all the people, like, Oh, and side note, then they tried, it was, it was many levels of bad. I could barely stay with it through the whole, I had to turn it off kind of partway through, but I tried to go back and rewatch it and they tried to bring Stevie Wonder out at the end. And I was like, even you ain't saving this rude boy. Like, Stevie, no, fall back. Even you can't save it at this point. Like, it's just bad, you know? But nobody in the, when this thing was announced, nobody was like, mm, yeah, good choice. Like, and also the audacity of Madonna to be like, mm, yeah, I think I've got the vocal stylings for that. I think I can handle the Prince tribute. Like, bitch, please. What? The audacity of that. And just for her to not be like, you know what? Actually, I think there may be possibly 72 people before me who you should have come to to do that <laughs> tribute. You know? Like, I can think of so many people who should have done it. And also, not for nothing, but Prince was such a champion of black women and black female musicians. Like, it just would have stood to reason that they could have at least honored that much. Mm. I just, listen, I just wanted to see Rosie Gaines up there, like, doing her thing. Like, if you, listen, I live for the middle eight in Diamonds and Pearls, all because of Rosie Gaines. Like, just, you should have just got her up to just do that. Also, side note, can we stop pretending that Purple Rain was the only freaking song that Prince That's ever so did. That's so true. That's so true. For the so love true. of Christ, the man has a back catalogue, you know. Like, <laughs> that wasn't the only song. Can we stop it already? Like, Jesus. But that, yeah, it was, the whole tribute itself was bad. But we knew it was going to be. But I'm just offended by the fact that she was even the person who was asked. Like, there are many just... people who are, like, way more talented and where the connection would have made way, way more it. sense. You know? Exactly. And I'm just like... I get really sceptical, <clears throat> sorry, of artists who are quick to do them things. Like, I get really sceptical when, of course, like, a legend, like, Prince dies or Michael Jackson dies and everyone's like, oh, such influence on my music. Mm, okay, questionable, because don't just say shit for Snapchat, I mean, for Twitter and 140 characters and because you're going to be in a BuzzFeed article, like, fall back a little bit. I'm just really wary of celebrities who really champion certain celebrities of past as their hero and their inspiration. And without them, I wouldn't be the musician I am. Really? Yeah, exactly. Really? So, yeah. I'm not yeah. seeing the Prince influence in really any of Madonna shit, I've got to be honest. In anything Madonna's ever you done know? in her life. So, I understand, like, and listen, I've come for Madonna online before, and let me tell you, her fans are crazy as a motherfucker. So, I'm not trying to go there again. L- actual literal death threats when I did it. Yeah, it was wrong, and I think that she should have had more sense to be like, you know what, maybe I'm not the right person for this. Like, what's wrong with people? Why can't people just say that, you know? And she should have offered it up to someone else. Alicia Keys, or who, like, please, just Rosie Gaines. Anything to just see more <laughs> Rosie Gaines in my life is what I need. But, um, Rosie for president. 
Yeah, anyway. anyway, I call bullshit on that entire thing. So what do you call good shit on? Let's get let's, around to the uh, Let's turn that frown upside down. That's what I'm oh, talking about. Mm, 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 mm. No, there's some good shit. I call good shit on dancing like no one's watching. Oh, holla! That's my favorite thing in life. Listen, man, like, just... <sighs> like Mary oh, J. Blige, just like Mary J. Oh Blige, because you know God. that's her life right oh there. She just lives God. it. She lives it, Let's she breathes listen. it, she owns it. Listen, if there ever, if you look to the dictionary yeah, of dancing while no one's watching. She's the poster girl for that shit. Mary, there's like an A4 page of Mary J. Blige in her, in her, like, her wedge heels, leather wedge heels, with her sunglasses on, dancing like all of her past videos, just giving it. Full fucking life. I call good shit on dancing like no one's watching. I was at a concert this week and like I feel you can clap, you can scream, you can holler. But when a band is good, when a singer is good, when everyone in there is just vibing off energy, fucking let go and dance. And I think there's often there's no right way to dance. I mean, on beat is nice. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. On beat, like some people, I'm not sure if you move it to lyrics or the beat or it's, both. It's hard to tell sometimes. It's hard it's to hard. tell. It's hard. It's very hard, you know. Um, but there's something about like that letting go. And I think we're very quick to judge when someone isn't moving like you're moving or someone ex- is expressing or using their body to like have this moment of like literally pure joy and react to the music that way. Some people can give a bit of the side eye. And I saw this one chick giving this guy the side eye. My man was in his element. Like, you couldn't mess with him. You couldn't ramp with him. He had, like, built up this force field of energy and was just smiling and sweating and, like, shout out if anyone's with their other half and, like, you're in that moment and you're dancing together and whatever. Like, just dance like no one's watching. Like, don't give a fuck. Like, it's so much fun. I think... You can get too prescriptive, like, and then sh- bullshit on all the bullshit people at concerts who just want to be standing there holding up on the walls, like, what are you doing? Glad you paid your money for that. Yeah, why, why, why do you, why are you having fun? Song's not even that great, though. Yeah, Snapchat it, then go home. Ugh. Long for them, but like, yeah, dance like no one's watching, like, let your hands go up, like, let your legs do whatever they need to do and just enjoy that moment. Like, enjoy every dollar of that concert that you paid and show the artist an appreciation that, shit, I'm feeling your music and also have a good freaking time yourself. Like, oh, that's what I call good yes. shit on. More to people who do that, like, less of the haters who just want to be like, mm, that's not really a two-step. Long for you. Call good shit on people who dance like no one's watching. Black. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Just yes to all of that. More to it. All of it. More fire. Love it. Yes. I call good shit on writing letters. Like, I'm clapping. Yay. Go on. Writing letters. I uh, love writing letters, basically. And mm-hmm. I used to write a lot of letters when my Irish grandmother was still alive. We would uh, write regular letters to each other. And she passed away about 12 years ago now. And I, I don't really get letters from anyone now since she passed. And a couple of years ago when I moved house... I came across a bunch of her old letters and kind of spent an afternoon going through them and it was so lovely and I laughed and I cried and it brought back loads of like memories and there's something about reading a letter and knowing that that person's hand has touched the paper and maybe mm. they, maybe they spilt a bit of tea on it or it, there was a physical process involved in it. It took time. They had to sit down and you know, what was the situation like when they sat and wrote that? And it, it kind of brings all these things to mind for me. But also, I just love writing by hand. Also, it's kind of, it's a thing for me. I write most things by hand before I ever type them. Mm-hmm. So I decided to get back into letter writing recently. Uh, I mentioned this on Facebook and a couple of my friends overseas sent me their, their addresses and I got a letter through the post yesterday from one of them and was like, oh, it just, you know, to get something that is not a bill in the mail <laughs> is like so it's exciting. Like, uh, skirt, so, skirt. so exciting. But it was just, you know, it's so lovely to receive something like that because you know that, you know, as I just said, there's a process involved in it, but not even in just the writing of it and kind of making sure you buy nice stationery and having a nice pen that writes well and all of that. But they had to take it to the post office and get a stamp and do that whole thing, you know? And so there's a bit of a, 
kind of like a ritual involved in it, which I just find really nice. It was just really nice to receive that letter. And for me, I kind of, this is part of an ongoing process for me of just trying to step back slightly from social media. Obviously, I use social media all the time and it's great and it's wonderful for a lot of things. But I'm trying to, not, not even stepping back from the social media, I guess just trying to reduce my screen time a little bit and engage a bit more in real life. And to me, letter writing is one of those things, like having some good pen pals that I can just exchange letters with all over the world is something that I'm really trying to get back into. And I think it's great. And so just basically receiving that letter yesterday made my day and I loved it. And I'm just going to write more letters to more people. Yay. Yeah. Tell the people what we're talking about. This week, what we're going to talk about is like something Bangs kind of has alluded to in a piece of advice, her words to live by, her words of wisdom in a previous episode about basically minding your own business and Sometimes there's not things that you need to know or need to ask about. And it got me thinking about just that in general and places, spaces and people at which sometimes they don't need to know your business. Sometimes it's not a good place or space for this piece of information about your personal life specifically to be to be present. Um, This week, we're going to talk about oversharing at work. Mm. I think it's a huge thing. Um, it's something I'm very cognizant of as have, having just started a job, how much of your personal life you leak into the place where you spend more of your life than your personal life. Um, the ramifications of that, what it means to overshare, um, the friendships or the foes being built from oversharing. And I just think it's something about like, there's just some shit I don't need to know. Or there's some shit I don't want people to know about me in this particular space. I think it's a really interesting dynamic um, thinking of like maybe how we understand work today and working communities today and what a fucking creative agency is of like, yeah, it's cool. There's no boundaries. Oh my God, there's no hierarchy. Like your CEO is the same as like a junior designer. <clears throat> Mm-mm, thumbs down. Shaking my head. And we have this really like cool environment where, you know, all this stuff happens and you should feel like you're at home. Newsflash. Work is not your yard. It's really not. Work is not your yard. And I think treating it as such makes certain things permissible. But the bigger thing I really want to get to, and where I think I wanted to bring this topic up, is oversharing at work, it has its limits. There's a word here. Is it appropriate? (laughs) Many, many a conversation I've heard in various jobs that I've been at or like, maybe just like outside of the workplace where there's a moment where the sonus is not on or one member of staff has a louder voice than others. And you're lit. They're literally talking about a weekend exchange or something really personal or something really intimate. And like my mates have called me prudish in the past, LOL. But I just think there's a time and a place and there's a certain amount of, dare I say, respectability that you give to your working environment, that you don't indulge too much of your personal life. It's not about that. It shouldn't be that in that space. And I think also what really gets me with this and like the heart of it is how much of yourself you give to people. That's the, that's the real stickler for me. And I think that's prevented me, not so much prevented actually, that's my stopping block in telling people a lot about my personal life, about the relationships I've been in, um, about things with me that I only really want to talk to my best friends about because you don't need to know number one and also I feel like there's a bit of I know me personally and where oversharing at work comes from is I feel vulnerable in that moment I never feel like it won't come back to slip me up I never feel like there won't be a moment where my personal life becomes casual office banter Mm. that's not me Um, And also in building up like new friendships and trust with people, specifically work colleagues, that takes time. Bruv, that takes more than the six months I've been anywhere, right? So, yeah. yeah. I also think that your colleagues are your colleagues, not your friends. Mm. It's lucky if they are your friends. Bonus points if they are, but I just think it's two separate environments, right? So... We've all had that person in the office who overshares and constantly telling you about 
their relationship and their kids and their this and then that. I don't need to know what team Johnny got on at school and all of that. I just, it's not my, it's just not my business. It's difficult, right? Because obviously you want some friendly office banter and you, you want to be able to converse with people and feel comfortable around them. Mm-hmm. But just what you said before about, I don't know if that's going to come back to kind of bite me in the ass. That's why I'm saying your work colleagues are your colleagues, not your friends, mm-hmm. right? Because bottom line, if it comes to, you know, promotion time, who's to say that your colleague isn't going to go to your boss and say, well, I heard that Lamara has all these things going on at home right now and blah, blah, blah. You just don't know, you know, and I personally wouldn't want to chance it. I'm kind of lucky because the the environment I work in is like super casual. I think this is more um, relevant for people who work in corporate environments or or offices. It's the illusion of these places being super casual and that, you know, we're all on the same level and it's cool. You know, you should be able to feel like, friendlier and at home here and I'm like no that's not the case it's really interesting like I heard the minute you said I heard I was thinking back to all hell queen Missy Elliott um and her gossip folks video Mm. and like that little schoolgirl chit chatter in 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 the playground of rumors and things that are assumptions about yourself and your character and that's where I think there's no place for shit like that in the workplace but specifically with oversharing I just think there's a fucking boundary that people overstep like there's one thing to talk about your weekend and what did you do and you know and if you have children you know how is Johnny getting on at school but the I know, boarding... I'm just an asshole. I never want to hear about Johnny. Like, just... <laughs> bangs, bangs, we, you know, hey, listen back to our non-mama episode, people. Bangs, we didn't have time yeah. for that shit. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, but I'm kidding. Where it becomes more and where I'm like, mm, TMI, yo, TMI, why am I hearing about your escapades? Why am I hearing about... Are we talking about... sexual ones? Is that what you're saying? Listen, girl, tell it. What? Uh, people are talking about their sexual escapades in the workplace. Tell the truth, shame the devil. Mm. I mean, I've been in a few offices. I thought you were about to say I've been in a few sexual escapades (laughs) then. I was like, oh, okay, girl, we're going on X-rated with this shit. (laughs) Oversharing at work slash oversharing on the podcast. Mm. Um, (laughs) I just feel like, and you know, like, call me out then, people. Like, is it my prudishness? Is it, is it? Is it me or is it that person? No, I that's think... that's completely inappropriate. Do you know what we're talking about here? Basically, it's... Lamara, professionalism. Right, there's the word. Because... Professionalism, you don't talk about that. There's meant to be a separation. It's airing on the edge of like, oh, but you know, the social taboo that sex is and how women don't talk about things and we need to talk about things. But I understand that we're talking about things in the context of me and you and how I talk to my brethren in our safe social spaces or our very safe public spaces when I go into work no you know I just think there's a line which people cross and I just think it shouldn't be a bit fucking smarter I think then because then you get the people who are not in tune with that conversation or who just feel like work is therapy Work is not therapy. Yeah, like, bro, I came here to do my work like, already. Stop work it. is answering client emails and doing what you need to do to make mm. sure you can bounce at six and then enjoy the rest of this beautiful summer New York evening. That's what I'm saying. And just some of the things I've heard, it's just like, I think people get, there's, there's one thing of the person who wants to like talk, 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 talk. Do you? When it comes to that person who wants to talk, 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 talk with me, this is what I'm saying, people. You have the right to say no to the interactions or the level of someone you want in your life. Like, I had a conversation recently with someone and all conversation between colleagues involve work. This is the most capacity. This is the most hours of the day in which I see you in. We're going to talk about that. Anything deeper is a bonus. Know that you can always stop or put a caveat or restrict from going into anything deeper. And I think how I've got to this is feeling in the past that I was always giving too much of myself to people who did not warrant that part of myself. Mm. Like, my parents have always been like, nah, nah better tell people your business, you know. I never knew what that really felt until it comes back and bites you in the ass. But I was in this co- a conversation, you're doing like the work chat, you know, red, red, tear, like what are you doing on the weekend? Da, 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 da. And then someone asked a very direct question about a moment on my past. And I was like, no. They were like, I want to know. And I was like, no, what? This. And I was like, No. Why? That's really Why interesting. Do I don't know that bit about exactly that intrigue and that look on your face makes me be skeptical. For, skeptical, sorry, for a freaking reason. 
why you want to know for your personal benefit yeah you you wanting to know is actually really creepy to yeah, me yeah. when we haven't really bonded on any other level but you want this really really tantalizing personal bit of information about me and I'm like no mm. it has a lot to do with trust and the benefit this information serves the other person rather than you you know because you knowing doesn't do anything in advancing our friendship, our version in relationship, or nothing. You want to know because you're fucking nosy. You're just Let's nosy. Just that. Yeah. You're just nosy. And in this little bit of information you get from me, do you, like, I question how much do you really think you're getting to know me? It's like, and I'm liking it's a situation where people, all they say is, you know, what do you do? Well, my retort to that is I live life. What you really want to know is what I do from nine to five, but yeah. there's more parts to me yeah. than what I do like on, on the regular, what yeah. I, I, I'm doing during my day. There's more parts to me than just what a past or present relationship is right now in my life. Like that's And that's none of your concern. And I think we get into these lines where oversharing is oversharing and losing something about you in a place where I think it's extremely volatile. It is. I, I just... I I just think it's that way, you know. Well, it's um, kind of, I think of it as you know, there's separation of church and state. I think there should be separation <laughs> of work and home life. I think right. it does. It all gets a bit messy when they start to bleed together too much. You know, <laughs> there's there's like, a kudos, bruv. Yeah, there's a there's a healthy limit to which to do it. As you said, you know, the, obviously you're going to have certain interactions about what you did at the weekend, all that kind of stuff, but you absolutely can overshare and people can be too much in your business. And listen, go to work and just focus on your work. That's what you're there to do, you know? Like, do you know what I, I think has contributed to this? Like in all seriousness, open plan <laughs> offices. <laughs> it's all right. Back in the right? day when man had a cubicle. Listen, just go to your office, close the door and shut your noise. That's what, the, <laughs> that's what work should be. Like I'm all in favor of like closed offices. I don't want, I hate open plan anything. Like, and I think no. this, is, and this is what predicated this conversation. It's like, why am I, I are you <laughs> in an open plan office? Are you really trying to have a private conversation? No, no that's you're what not. I'm saying, you know? No, you're not. Because you know what? It doesn't work like no. that, rude girl. It doesn't work like that. And I think also like, it's not even the the intimate nature of the relationships it goes a lot for politics as well like oh i've been in a situation where people just want to be telling me they're voting for who and i'm like really <sighs> woosa like there's it's just about how much of yourself you put into this space and i don't think it warrants that much there's a task at hand and there's a task at hand which you can do and have like some banter and be like you know a bit more peppy than just like being chained to your desk and banging out a couple emails and making sure this gets done but like I really think of it as the fact of like how much are you how much are you willing to display about yourself like what's that gonna be received like are we all gonna like then start talking about your back or when we're out at drinks are we gonna still continue to talk about it or are you mining for specific bits of information about something or someone that's not cool like there's there's a certain point where it's just like rah no you know, shut up. You don't need to know that about me. I'm very, I think, very, very specific about that. Um, so let me ask you this even, then. Go on. Where do you draw the line? Where and how do you draw the line? So you, in the example that you gave yes. us before, so that girl asked you, obviously, a very personal question that you didn't want to answer. So what did you say to her then in order to shut that down? <laughs> literally shut down the interaction went as she was like you know tell me about tell me about this tell me about this in your life I was like I don't talk about that with work colleagues she oh, got taken like that. okay okay yeah, don't care I was like I don't talk about that with work colleagues why it's like I don't like that is not a conversation we need to have I respect and, that you were upfront about it and said that yeah though, that I it's think better to do I, that I took a I took a stand for myself like I'm not prepared to do it. I don't think it's negotiable to a certain extent. I want that flip side is like, oh my God, Amara, like how close off are you at work? Like, do you even smile and have fun? I do. There's a limit into my life. There's certain things which are not permissible. There's certain things which are not your fucking business. Um, I think you have to know yourself and judge the person and their intentions who's asking that. But I just said like, no, don't talk about my personal life at work. And then the conversation which ensued 
further prove my point, which it was to serve her own benefit rather than mine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, no, I was like, I don't talk about that at work. I talk about that with my friends. So I talk about that on a podcast of which we have a very healthy <laughs> <laughs> listener. But it's like, that's, it's to- like, okay, people might drag me for that. Like, it's totally different. It's the conversation between me and my best friend, first of all. And it's a platform for which I want to freely share. Right. People might say, like, you might notice how I am cloaking a bit of the words that I say in terms of the interaction or revealing how much information I have. Because I think as I've got older, I'm cognizant of what people know about me. We live in the area of so era of social media. And I think there's a lot of assumptions. And I've seen it been made on my life really recently in that I've moved to the city and I talk about this. And people are like, oh my God, you look, you're having fun. No, there's a reality, bruv. Like, it's not everyday smiling things. Mm. I may not share that. I may not share that. And then that, I'm responsible for that. I'm responsible for the context of which I share things about my life. But I'm also responsible about which parts of my life I let out. Right? True. And it should never be a given that this is always going to be how I give information. My business is my business. It's exactly that. My business. And what I choose to share is not a, is a given, not a right. So yeah, man, shut that down. Like I was like, I don't do that. I think that's good. I think that's the the best way to handle it. You've just got to be direct and and just as you do with any relationship, right? With a friendship, with a romantic relationship, you have to draw your boundaries and you have to do it kind of fairly early on within that relationship and let it grow to whatever it's going to grow to. Those boundaries may move. Um, they may move back, they may move forward as the that relationship grows in whatever context. But yeah. I think it's just important to, I think you did the right thing to kind of lay it out the way that you did. Like, nah, actually, I'm just going to shut that off there because that's a yeah. little too close for me. Yeah, I think that's it's the right thing to do. Close. I feel like, like there's, there's facts people know about me. Like, I do not drink, I do not smoke, I don't do drugs, I don't talk about relationships. What else do you want to know? Like, that's, that's, the, that's, that's, the, that's what I've set up yeah deal with it yeah it's not for negotiation yeah you know we can talk in some level about a little a bit of nuance of like the fact that why I don't eat meat oh I can't tell you about that why I don't drink and how that started but anything else is just not on the table I think we need to own the conversations we're in a bit more I think this also kind of breaking it down further from just work relationships and friendships I think this can also be applied to friendships and acquaintances. Oh, break that segment. <laughs> right. Your top five, bro. Because I have a lot of acquaintances, obviously through my blog and whatever, I've built up quite a social media following. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do have quite a lot of acquaintances socially. Just I know a lot of people. Those were very loose air quotes there. Um, <laughs> I think a lot more people think they know me than actually know me, right? Good point. Very right? good point. Um, and that's social media, obviously. So one of the things that I'll give an example. So I think it was last year when Instagram and Facebook kind of connected. There was some kind of way where on your Facebook, all of a sudden you could add your Instagram followers. Yeah. That's some kind of weird thing. And all of a sudden I started getting all these friend requests from people I didn't know who just obviously follow me on Instagram and think that, yeah, we can be friends. Now, obviously people use their social media platforms in different ways. For me, I don't add you on Facebook unless I kind of know you like that. And you know, like real talk, I have to have had a, I have to have had some kind of an interaction with you. Even now there's some people on my Facebook who I'm not hundred percent comfortable having on there. There's some people who, when I go through it, I'm like, Oh, actually nothing against that person, but I'm going to take them off because they don't need to know me on this platform. Facebook is the one kind of social media platform where, you know, my, my mother's on there, like, you know, friends who I've had for years and years and years are on there. It's different. It's not my Facebook profile is not my like, oh, bangs in a barn out there profile. You know what I mean? There's a difference for me. Like, that's where I'm just kind of, you know, sharing shit with my friends and my family. There's people who try and add me like I could have been talking to you on Twitter for years. It don't, no we're not we're not friends boo boo like not and I don't mean that in a horrible way like I like you I respect you I can converse with you on that platform but 
taken it to a friendship level on Facebook is a serious commitment for me. <laughs> like, I, can't, I don't want to do it. I, can't, I do kind of segment people down like that. And I'd say also just in real life situations with people who I kind of loosely know as acquaintances, that same Listen, kind of situation where you, can, that you just gave an example of where, you know, people kind of ask you questions where it's like, I don't, I'm not giving you that information. Listen, I don't know you like that. Let me quote um, a rising UK poet and philosopher who brilliantly summarises this, you know, cross from social to personal and this overfeeling of familiar, like that person really knows you. His name is uh, Joseph Adengo. I don't know if anyone's heard <laughs> Just of him. Just like, AKA... can't even with you! <laughs> A.K.A. Skepta. And in his... In his uh, one of his great poems, a rising actually, UK poet, you know, you are too much. Man called himself an activist the other day, and I was like, whatever. But I will sure. call him a poet and a philosopher. Sure. Anyway, he says, yeah, I don't know why my where a man's calling me family all of a sudden. Like, hmm, mm. my mom don't know your mom. Stop telling man you're my, my cousin. cousin. In it, yeah. I got day ones and I got new ones. Just porters. I got day ones and I got new ones. Know yourself in the interaction. Like, know thy place. Listen, yeah. it's really interesting that you say, like, how it is across social media platforms as well. And it just made me think of, like, this curation of self that we do have and that we do um, across everything in which we're giving a bit of ourselves. We do that. It's a fact, right? Yeah. You're in control of that, though. Always remember. And I think one of the drags you might get is like, oh, but you're being fake. Like, why is your Twitter different to your to your Facebook? Like, why am I not allowed on your on your Twitter, but I'm allowed here? Like, I'm not being fake. I'm just editing, bruv. Exactly. I am who I am on all platforms. But just, right. I don't want you to know every single bit of my life. You, you know what I mean? You don't need to know it. Know, you don't need to know that. Like, yeah. and I think... The, overshare, the oversharing in general, not just at work, but like of what we, we put out, like we already we were, <laughs> we were talking about uh, babies upon the internet or just other tidbits of information. I should just now, clarify from the, we've had a lot of listens to that episode and I want to yeah. just clarify my stance on that, just brief aside. For the, the putting baby pictures on the internet, listen, I, I, everybody loves their baby. I understand you want to take a million pictures of, of your child and that's completely understandable. My issue with putting those pictures online is really a safety thing. Like, don't Report. don't put your kids out there like that. Like, th there's a consent issue. Your kids are not consenting because they cannot. And I don't think you have the right to do that personally. There is a lot of stuff. If you read online, there are a lot of legal issues surrounding that one issue in and of mm. itself. And secondly, you don't know who's going to see those pictures of your kid. I've um, seen uh, somewhere, somebody put a, a picture of their child online. Their baby was Someone used in a, in a meme. And then the mum was getting all upset about it. But it's like, but you put that picture of I've your child seen, online. I've seen the drags as well. It's like someone we know, their child was on someone else's feed. And she was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, mm. I, I just think people overstep the line with that. Like, there's one thing of like, is your shit all locked up? Is it on private? But knowing that when you put that stuff out there, like, other people don't play nice. And that's exactly. very of saying it. And even but, private is like, it's the internet. Nothing's private. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you can think yeah. you put all the locks on there you want, but nothing's ever always private. So apologise for that brief aside, but I just wanted to clarify that. I, I fully get it. Like, parents, you love your children, and I fully understand and endorse that. Absolutely, you should. You should want to take a million pictures of them. I'm just saying, be careful putting that information online. It's dangerous on these internet streets. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think all what we're saying, like, there's certain situations at which oversharing should be a priority versus not. Oh, my God, I cannot sing this boy's praises enough. Really great mate of mine. I've spoken about him before. He's doing a mental health diary, 365 days of the year, and he just writes about his day, like, day 50, up and down. Day 60, I smiled. I think where oversharing works and where maybe we've seen as we know the benefit of social media and creating communities of support and shared issues and like community activism through digital media, oversharing and mental health, like specifically, I'm all here for. Mm. Um, again, but it goes back to like, is this, does the space warrant that type of interaction? And I think from reading like Natty's diary on and um, another dude, Jesse Bernard, um, and a great BuzzFeed article this week that I read about 
why a lot of black men don't talk about mental health and depression mm. is because we don't feel like we can overshare. Right. Like these topics are really closeted in our lives. And it's, you know, I've been in personal situations where I've never, I always said I've never had the language to articulate a certain part of my identity versus feeling like it was a safe space to then do that. So it works in the sense that like if you if you've got someone who is willing to listen and that oversharing about yourself is cathartic and therapy I'm all here for it. More of that please, more of that which is that of freedom and not restricting yourself and being really fucking brave and honest and opening up about your life to find other people and like break the taboo that we cannot talk about that. Completely. But, yeah, so uh, provided but, that that is a safe space where you're supported and that, I'm going to get that. Is yeah. that what we're saying, we're not, we're for that. We're anti where it becomes a fucking issue. Yeah. Where the oversharing is crossing boundaries. Yeah. I know, like, we wanted to talk about as well, like, it's not to say, like, it prohibits women worse than men, but I think there's something about women oversharing and it being held against her and not being able to, like, overshare and be honest and it holds them back. That's something we wanted to touch on. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to a listener who we got an email from who was kind of shout touching out on this. Email shout out the email crew. Um, so I'm not oh. going to mention your name just in case you didn't want it mentioned, listener. But just know that we received the email. We appreciate it. We appreciate the love. And this listener mentioned her boss uh, said that the reason women don't get into managerial slash executive roles is because they're too sensitive and too emotional. And mm. it just kind of made me think of this topic today where it's like, okay, do, women being perhaps naturally more talkative slash emotive, is that working against us in the workplace? Like, is that what a lot of men think? Like, is that why we're not getting ahead into managerial positions or higher positions? because we're seen as being too sensitive personally i would say in the workplace that's i guess dependent on the workplace but wouldn't that be kind of an advantage if you're you know if you're working with people isn't a sensitivity kind of necessary to an extent mm. when you're working with other people or managing other people you know i've worked with men who have no sensitivity and are complete assholes and mm. don't understand it and can't manage people because they have no communication skills like that you know so I don't know if we class that as oversharing or just being a woman. <laughs> I don't I know. Think, I, think, I think where, where it, it, it's relevant is that, like, your personal life or personal traits of your personality are used against you. Right. I yeah. think, I think that's, that's the connection there. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, God, just calling women sensitive. Shout out me for being... Um, I'm Drake sensitive anyway. That's just a whole other conversation. Mm. But, yeah, like being sensitive at work and like that being used against you because you may have said something or you may have come in on a bad day and you may have taken that comment to heart you may have cried whatever whatever you may quote unquote not be on your period like that being held against you I think that's more of someone taking liberties with a natural part of your oversharing you know yeah, I think it's it's really difficult to know where to draw the line on that. Like, I am, I've got to be honest, I'm a bit, in a corporate environment or an office environment, I am a bit kind of like, don't you be crying up in there. Don't you do it. Mm -hmm. Like, you better take yourself to the bathroom and get that out of your system and come back. Because I do, because I know that we're kind of, as women, that is used against us. And so I kind of feel like... And, I, and it's bullshit, and I know it's bullshit, but part of me, when I see a woman breaking down in the office, I'm part of me is like, girl, you better get it together. Get it together here for the sisterhood, because, you know what I mean? Like, Because it, it's, it, yeah, it's ammo used against us. Yeah. Like, that's interesting, actually. I think, like, whenever I've had a moment at work or I've been in a meeting and I'm like, oh, girl, you better... And again, yeah. like, it's not saying we can't have these moments. It's just anything you say in a court of evidence or when you're right, arrested yeah, yeah, yeah. used against you like you plead the fifth isn't it well it's bullshit because we're human and being vulnerable mm-hmm. is just part of the human experience and having a bad day is allowed or having your period is allowed or god forbid someone in your family's passed away and you've had to come into work the next day and you're emotional about it like yeah. you're fucking human and those, those things should never be used against you but unfortunately in certain situations uh, they are and then it yeah it just kind of creates an environment 
or maybe that's not what creates the environment. Maybe the environment's there. Mm. The environment created that itself, maybe. I don't know. No, it's true. Um, God, why did I just flash back to, like, Mad Men episodes? And, like, yeah, the environment did create itself. But then I just think it's, you know, work work, and how we regard the notion of work and how workplaces are changing are, is very prominent right now. So maybe that may change in time. It's like It sounds, like, maybe dumb and redundant, but it's a fucking link there and I'm going to make it in that. People want, like, chill-out areas at work or a quiet space at work. Maybe there's a crying room at your office. But who who knows? Like, that sounds like some Google invention anyway. But it's the... It's how much of yourself is in that place, I think, is what I'm saying. I you mean, know? shout out to the kind of companies that offer kind of counselling and, yes. and, like, support behind your job role. Like... I appreciate those kind of companies where absolutely there's going to be somebody there who you can go and speak to if you are emotional that day. There's someone who you can go and speak to who's not your boss, who's outside of your office. There's somebody available to you. I think shout out to those offices that have that kind of support network where it's guaranteed to not be used against you because the person who you're going to speak to is not your direct line manager. Or I think that's important to nurture that Uh, kind of connection. Shout out... (laughs) Here's my case for HR. Every fucking company should have HR. Mm. Company doesn't have HR. Listen, fix up and look sharp. Mm. That's a very valid point. And I think situations I've been here in where HR is much needed and it's not available, there you go. Yeah. Therein lies the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Oh, all right, well. That, I, I think, think that's it. We've covered it. Yeah, I think we've covered <laughs> it. Like <laughs> Just basically know thy place. No, but just like be cognizant of where you are. Like I, I think certain places warrant certain interactions, warrant certain bits of information about yourself. Know you have the power to say no to the and giving permission people permission about aspects of your life. Number one, right? Not everyone is your brethren. Not everyone needs to know that detail about you. Share details where you feel it's a safe space. I'm not denying that fact. If it is on Twitter, if it is with someone on Twitter or Instagram, who you do not know, but you have this shared fact in common and you want to talk and feel safe and share, do that, right? But it comes with a caveat specifically in the workplace. You have an ownership about what you want to share with people. Not everyone is warranted and deserving of that information. So just be a bit mindful of the conversations you have. It can be used against you. It can be used to, to really pull the rug under your fu- under, from under your fucking feet, people. Mm. So, yeah, I just want to talk about oversharing at work, and I think we've done that. So, boop. Yay. Any words to live by this week? Do you, no, you go first. <laughs> okay. Um, well, mine would be... <laughs> I already know. I'm here for it already. <laughs> okay, so I say at the end of my spin class every time. Yes! Yes! I you... always say, smile at strangers, spread good vibes. And I'm going to share that wisdom with you again today because I just think it's important, you know? I think putting good vibes out there into the universe brings good vibes back to you. I think smiling at strangers is a very important thing, even on the days when you don't feel like doing it. I've had some lovely interactions with strangers this week on the tube and things, just down to, you know, having a more open body language and choosing to smile instead of scowl. Mm. And I think it can open up a world of opportunity and conversation and conversation does not necessarily have to be verbal. Um, but I think that it's important to do that, to open yourself up to those kind of things. So spy, smile at strangers, spread good vibes. Those are my words to live by this week. How about you? Brilliant. Uh, my, my words to live by actually come from a proper philosopher um, and a proper literary god is by... <laughs> Craig David. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no they are come from James Baldwin um, and he had said you want to write a sentence as clean as a bone that is the goal Um, this week I've really been trying to step my writing game up I fucking love writing I love reading and I love writing 
I'm making more time for writing and really getting my thoughts down onto a page. Um, I think the hardest process of writing is like I could just spill out bare words onto a page. It's the edit. Mm. It really is the edit and getting to the heart and getting to what I want to say in the most clearest way possible. A bit of background, like I did um, my master's where I had to write a 40,000 word dissertation. It took me a hell of a lot of time. And one of the teachers my supervisor gave me is like, Lamara, you write how you speak. And that's a great thing because there's a lot of passion there and the way I can talk freely about concepts. But she was like, caveat, you need to edit the fucking way how you, if you write how you speak. So we're talking over this, this medium podcast every week. I know it's very free. Um, and there's a lot more like liberties I take with language and my pronunciation and my enunciation of words. When it comes to writing though, it's really hard for me. And I try and edit really well without losing self, but just to make sure that when that person reads that word, word, words back it's coherent um so yeah that someone told me that advice this week when I was trying to edit like you want to write a sentence as clean as a bone that is the goal and it really is my goal and when I then share that it's kind of self-explanatory and and it holds the sentiment of me so those would be um my words of wisdom words to live by for this week and then just in general just writing how you feel like you said writing letters is dope Write a diary, you know, write on a post-it note, like write how you feel at any opportunity you can get um, because to come back to it is really nice to chart your progression through the year. But a bye-bye-bye. Solid. I like it. Um, So get in touch with us, people. Twitter, No BS Guide to Life. Website, nobsguidetolife.com. Email. Email. Email us. People are emailing us. It's great. People are emailing us. And like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. They're not gone unnoticed. There's a moment of time I'm going to section off today to like really get into and reply to that. But we appreciate it. Like, honestly, it lets us know people are listening. Yay. Uh, so email us at nobsguidetolife at gmail.com and just generally keep in touch with us. You can get me on Twitter and all over the internet at bangs and a bun. You can only get me on Twitter for a reason at Lemel underscore P. I'm there. Yes, yes. And we will be back next week, people. Have a wonderful one. Smile at strangers. Peace. Bye.